What up, you peanut butter bitches, and welcome to episode 6 of the Peanut Butter League, aka the best fantasy football podcast in the world. This week was uneventful. No Monday Night Reaps, not really any upsets, and nothing too interesting, but we do have some people getting a little too cocky for their little fantasy football dicks. But first, on this week's episode, we have the man on the pod to keep all of our Midwest asses in check. He loves taxis, he loves donkeys, and he loves the color blue, and he loves them so much that he has one of the most iconic team names in the past. He's one of my best friends in the entire world. With long hair and he just don't care, we got Circle City Sammy Boy representing the Midwest himself. Sammy Boy, how's it going? Unsportsmanlike conduct, 15 yards. False start, 5-yard penalty. Thank you, thank you. Amazing intro. Happy to be on the pod. So first off, I gave them, I gave the the listeners a good intro of who you are as a person, but not so much fantasy football wise. So tell these listeners one how long you've been in the league, two if you have any Super Bowls or if you fucking stink, and just the background of your teams and how you've come to the league today. Yeah, so I am an original member of the league, so I've been in since the beginning. Um, my performance over the course of that time has been, I mean, I, we'll need to check the record, but almost quite literally 50-50. Um, so I am pretty much on power rankings, on overall record. I am damn near 500 uh, as it stands. Um, I do have a Super Bowl. It took me gosh, I don't know, 12, 13 years to win my first one. So I won my first Super Bowl two years ago. I should have two Super Bowls. Uh, I was reaped on a Monday night in the Super Bowl by you uh, at one point in time. Um, It would be nice to have my name on the trophy. So I did carry the trophy for a year. That is where one of the iconic um, trophy photos came from at one point in time. Yeah, you do have, you have the most iconic one. (laughs) <laughs> team name and two of the trophy i didn't even put the trophy photo in the intro that's like one of, that's a huge moment in like league history i feel like <laughs> i try i still haven't seen one from mason yet but i tried i tried to like set the tone and i really wanted that to be a thing i really don't even know how it came about i just remember that like i won and then when the trophy finally made it to me i was like so pumped and i felt like i had to do something extremely drastic to like make it feel like it was mine and I was like, you know what? What if I could just like figure out a way to like post a photo with like no clothes on behind Not it, the photo but, like nude, the trophy covering <laughs> all the areas that needed to be covered. Um, it was <laughs> the story behind that is so funny, just because I had to place the trophy in like a very specific place, so I had to like stack books and stuff to like figure out how it could be in the exact right angle that it needed to be. Um, but I'm glad that I was able to, uh, throw that down. And I believe it has the record for most likes ever in the group chat. So I'll stand yeah, by that. that. that was a good decision. 11. If you liked it yourself, that's 12 out of 12. It might be Easily the only 12 out of 12. 11. <laughs> Easily had the 11. The first, uh, uh, ESPN, we wanted to do an ESPN, like shoot for punishment and everyone was scared to do 
like a picture. And this man just comes out, wins a Super Bowl, and just gives hog energy of just the naked mirror selfie, which was a fan favorite. It turned out to be a hysterical point in the league. Um, you had mentioned, I mean, I myself, were in the league right now, you kind of have two uh, tiers of people. You have the two rings, or three tiers, I should say. You have the two rings, the one rings, kind of Ross is in himself, honestly. So who knows the tiers? I feel like you and I are kind of in the same tier. Uh, I've historically not necessarily been 50-50, but I consider you to have good teams. You have a Super Bowl ring, and then you have the the suck asses without any. Um, you had mentioned the Monday Night Reap, probably one of the greatest comebacks in fantasy football history, um, not in our league only our league, but ever. Um, let's get some insight to that. What happened on that on that Monday night to prevent you from having two rings? Because you could easily be in the two ring club. Easily. Um, I honestly, there's like, part of me wants to say, I mean, you know, a win is a win. Like your lineup is your lineup. Like, I don't even know if I, my lineup could have been, been any different that, that time. I, it'd be interesting to look back and see that. I like really want to tell you that that was like a Mickey Mouse ass like championship, but a lineup is a lineup. I can't, I think, I don't think that I had any players playing. So I think you just had one player left. No, you did have Michael Crabtree playing. Oh, that's right. And he needed zero catches. Right. But did you have somebody playing too? Uh, yeah, I had, I think you might've had two people playing because you had, Crabtree and he needed zero catches like he needed zero points and then something happened I think you had a running back or somebody needed to fumble and I had like I forget even who I had going and the fumble happened in the fourth quarter to put me ahead when I was down but we went into the week with me having it was 99% to zero chance right so that's like the biggest thing is is. that it was I mean a literally 99 to 1 chance um Something happened. I was up, I think I was up visiting my parents. Like we were putting down some drinks as we normally would while we're up there. I was literally like, it was, it, I mean, it was 99 to one. So I was like, I honestly wasn't even thinking about it. I was counting my cash, figuring out what I was going to spend it on. I was in bed, dude. I was, I wasn't even watching the game. I was going to bed and I get a call from you. I just answer the phone. You're just screaming at the top of your lungs. I can't understand anything you're saying. I said, wake him up. Wake him up. (laughs) It was a miserable, miserable wake up call. As bad as it gets. So you being somebody, I mean, and I feel like you've really kicked off. Me and you actually are pretty similar because I struggled the first few years in the league. Ever since I would say, I think I had three years in the league up and down and then kind of took off have been one of the better teams. I feel like you have been a team that I've thought about um, in the recent past, for sure. Like, you always have a solid team. Yeah, and I, I honestly I like some of the discussions that the league has been having of just like, oh, like, when did the league actually get serious? Like, when did things get taken to the next level? Because I am a big fan of, like, revisionist history because I have been a pretty good team in the last four or five years. So if we're able to go the revisionist history route. I am all about saying like, Oh, the only thing that matters is like the last five years, because that would, I, that would change my record drastically. Yeah. So Um, my question to that is, and I have a strong opinion about this. We got into this a little bit into the group chat. It was really, this was more, um, 
in the previous week, but somebody like Chip, Mr. Kamish, some call him Mr. Co-Kamish, um, Chip has back-to-back wins. I believe it was 11 in 2011-2012. Has two rings, top of the leaderboard on the rings, but every time we have this conversation, everyone says, hey, the league has gotten serious since 2014, 2015, the last five, six years, 2016. That's arguable. But when you go that early, I think it's not an argument that the league wasn't nearly as um, competitive as it is today. So when you look at somebody like Chip, Mr. Kamish, who's really struggling this year, uh, but he can always go back and say, oh, I'm back-to-back, I have this. Because I look at JT's 3P, or even if you take two of his back-to-backs, way more serious than I take Chip's. And I even think JT got very lucky. So if you look at a manager like Chip, do you think, um, is he a good manager? Does he have the clout to be able to talk is he a team that you're ever even scared of these days or is he just kind of a blast from the past see you later bud don't have to worry about you at all yeah it's been super interesting because chip has had like a lot of teams at least in the last like four or five years that have kind of just been like flashes in the pan like super high scoring or like off to a a good start and then kind of fizzles out it's hard to like talk about whether or not like the early years matter because like part of the thing that makes this league so great is that we have been around for like 15 years and like I think the history should matter and like we should celebrate that and all that stuff but at the same time like we're talking about some years where like fucking Vincent is drafting all players from the Saints or like we're in the draft and he's asking if like a quarterback is still available who has died yeah, so it's like there's a lot more jokes there was less like taking some picks serious and a lot more like jokes of like didn't because you said Vince drafted all Saints one year yes Literally all Saints. So, if, I mean, and who knows what else happened. Preston had a picture of me, I think, or I saw this, like, very recently, of me holding up a Rex Grossman jersey. And it's like, I literally drafted, like, Rex Grossman and, like, had, like, a picture. So, like, I do think Super Bowls matter, but I do think it is very relative to when they happen. Yeah. So, I think it's, like, totally fine to say that stuff ma- stuff matters and like we can celebrate like the different iterations of the league but like we can talk we can still talk about it as like just like they do in the NFL like stuff that happened in the Super Bowl era versus stuff that happened before and we I think we can do the same thing here of just like you know mid or post college or whenever we decide that it gets serious that's the, the thing is though I don't think there's agreement on like what is that point in time when like we became like you know a real league per se you know and some have called me narcissistic in the group chat. I've never denied it. One thing I will say is I think JT's years, I think when JT started winning, because we put a damn vote in where it was like, dude, absolutely not. He had OBJ. Everyone knew it was kind of fucked. I feel like that end of college, like going into like right after college became super serious. But I also think when I won my Super Bowl, I started talking a lot of shit. Which I already talked shit, but I think I started talking a lot of shit. And that's when people kind of flipped and were like, okay, fuck you. And Super Bowls really mean something. P-Mills was here this weekend and we were talking about it. And it's like, now we have people just sell it. Like, Drew has traded crazy amount of draft picks. Brody, like, the dudes who haven't won a Super Bowl, I would say this year is one of the most competitive years we've, like, possibly ever had. Like, there's some teams out there. So I would say I think JT's is when it like really started like 
catching on, I went and just started screaming in the group chat and talking shit. And then now it's just full blown, like Super Bowls matter. People are just willing, like no one, everyone wants to be able to talk shit. Everyone wants to shut my ass up. And I think now it's the most competitive that it's ever been. So I think the Super Bowl winner this year will be like hats off. Cause I was looking at the teams and I think it's insane. Yeah. It's a combination of like all of those motivating factors when things got serious of just like people like there's like we started having skin in the games like people didn't want to like lose out on stuff people wanted to like when did we start doing the money see that's what i want to know is like that might be kind of the turning point of like there's skin in the games people had stuff to lose people wanted the winnings also one because you know it's just nice to have the money but two just to be able to talk talk shit and then once the shit talking got like super for real mostly on your behalf like people here's a here's the thing a thought that i had of like People want to win almost as bad as people want you to lose, I think, in some cases. Like, I think some people, I think some people would get joy, as much joy out of watching you run the beer mile as they would them winning. I will never run the beer mile, ever. I will actually, there's just zero chance I'll ever run the beer mile. I think a last place, and that's another question in the league, somebody like JT who has three championships, which... I mean, I'm not going to take his three championships away. I think everyone kind of knows my argument about that. Got extremely lucky. Again, different era of the league. We all could have gotten lucky. He he made a good pickup. He made a pick. Um, But I do think there is an argument kind of against those. But I also think if you have a last place on your resume, that is, I don't think it's as, as like, impactful as winning a Super Bowl, but I think it's right below it of like taking you down a notch. I think a last place is absolutely despicable. Yeah. It's pretty bad. And I believe I believe I have one on my record like in the early years, like in the first three seasons. I have an eleventh. But that's not yeah. last. Right. <laughs> that's right. not last. Like I mean dude that matters. Like that's a big difference. I think so if you take uh if you take somebody like JT, Mason has multiple, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I think that's a massive knock on your resume, but, but the excuse is, oh, I tanked, but I have to, but guess what? You tanked. Like you yeah, have, the tra- I agree. The trade-off, it, the trade-off should matter. Like if you are a good fantasy football owner, you shouldn't have to get last to get first. And if you do, I mean, you have the ring and more props to you. you get to hold the trophy. I think that's sick, but I do think when you're talking about Rushmore of the league, best players ever in the league. I think you can still be in conversation, but I think those last place finishes are extremely impactful and hard to dig yourself out of last because last is bad. Yeah, especially, you know, since the, you know, since the league has gotten serious, since the punishment, like, you know, in me in the early years, getting last is like, fine, it's in the chart that Preston sends through once a year. Like, if you've done it since we've gotten serious, like you're fucking immortalized in a Speedo and Kate, dude. Yeah, now you're like actually in the record book. Yes. I mean, you're in the record book if you got last, but you're in the record book with a time of having to run. Exactly. <laughs> like, you're on that bitch in a Speedo. It's a tough scene. And, I mean, if we can get to the point where there's a calendar of everyone puking, because what would that be? We have two pukes, or just a beer calendar, like a 10th anniversary. I guess it would have to be 12 or 11 because we have two people in one. I can't wait until we can literally have like – a beer mile anniversary calendar of the gridiron so and it's each person just running beer mile. But I do think, um, 
Yeah, I just think last place is brutal. So historically, who do you think the best player in the league is? is? I mean, it's it's pretty. It is hard to make an argument against JT just because he was so dominant so early and like from a very early time he was just he plays the waiver wire so well and he was in on that shit before anybody else was or cared or could figure it out so just like off of sheer like time you've spent in the league record you have championships you've won regardless of how valid they are not like he he is in that position because he was he decided to take it seriously from the get-go i agree I would agree that JT right now is Mount Rushmore. JT's Rushmore, three championships, whether, however you got them. There you go. We have the aggregate rankings, which this is always uh, something that intrigues me, is the aggregate ranking. Preston has this way of putting all the rankings together, um, and that's kind of like your overall standing in league history. JT is like two points ahead of the next person. Right. Uh, Chip is up there. Chip's final standings suck. He uh, he has the argument, or kind of what we talked about. Like his last, I put it in the group chat. He's finished like eight, eight, seven, four, eight, eight. His like hasn't been relevant in final standings, but he does have the uh, two rings. But then we get into the weird thing, which is where I can't take the the ranking serious because Drew is tied for third with me, no ring. I'm. F- Technically, I guess fourth. Me and Drew are both 16.5. Then we have Preston, Mason. Like, we have people with no rings, like, far ahead of you who have really picked it up. And they're like, as of recent, also have a Super Bowl ring. Um, So the question is I mean, me and Preston argue about it all the time is how important is having a Super Bowl ring compared to, you know, Preston loves to talk about all these stats that really don't mean anything. Um, He has one, like, a final. A final standing of the season but like how much does a super bowl matter when you're talking about ross having a super bowl versus preston who doesn't have a super bowl uh and the way that our league functions and like the way like not even really based off just off of like fantasy football but just like the way that our like relationships are and the way that our friend group behaves like super bowls they just matter it's the only thing that matters like being a historically great manager is great. Having a winning record is great. Like it's fun to like poke fun at people for like their, you know, first hundred losses or their first hundred or like celebrate their first hundred wins. But in like the world that we live in as a league now, like a Super Bowl just like matters. It, it like, you know, you you play fantasy football to like win. It's like the, the, the meme, like, hello, you play to win the game. Like you just, that's the whole point of fantasy football. Um, so, I mean, and obviously I have one, so I can always say that. Um, the other thing that's like super interesting is like people want to talk about like, Oh, well, I've been good historically. And like, it doesn't really matter if I have a ring or not, but like they talk about that in fantasy football. But if they're talking about other subjects like MJ versus LeBron or something, all of a sudden rings matter so much. And it's crazy how that works, especially when you're talking about female. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, P. Mills, big Chicago guy, big LeBron hater. And then, but when the arguments flipped, rings don't matter as much. Um, and I even hated on Chip five seconds ago about his two rings, how they came at a shitty time back to back. At least Chip has the ability to argue of why his rings matter. Like P. Mills, Drew, Brody, which we'll get into Brody. Brody's team 
It's kind of a wagon right now. <laughs> so this man might have a ring soon. <laughs> but like these guys, like when you're not even in the conversation, I do think you at least have to be in the conversation or even Ross. Ross has sucked all the time, but I would rather be Ross. And I think that's one of the things where I come off very strong about it. Um, but I think that's a valid argument. Would you rather be Ross? Would you rather be Ross or would you rather be P Mills? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that is actually, that is a very hard argument, actually. Um, because I think there's like general sentiment in the league that like Ross isn't a great manager. Um, and I don't think that people necessarily think that about Preston, but it's, it just always is nice to have that like one thing to hold on to of just like, even if people are talking shit about you, no matter like what they say, you can always hold that one thing over their head and, like having that is like the ultimate comeback. Bro, I love P Mills to death, but you're completely right. If if something happened and the world ended today, Ross's name would be on that trophy and P Mills <laughs> would be known for the stat guy. <laughs> Damn, bro. Am I right or am I right? And I love P Mills to death, but he's the fucking stat guy. Until he wins, he's the stat guy. Of the fucking gridiron gamer. <laughs> of the peanut butter league. He's the stat guy. Oh, dude. That is he tough writes good rules. for our boy. He, he writes good rules. He makes good stats, and he doesn't win Super Bowls. I think the other thing, too, that's, like, such a big deal, and, like, I luckily I was able to overcome this, of just, like, original people, like, people who have been in the league for 15 years and never winning a Super Bowl. Like, that is just, like, that's insane. Bro, it's insane. You had 15 tries. There's people who have less tries than you who have a Super Bowl. Who, who, who? by the way, everyone agrees is a shit manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there are people, there are shittier managers who have won a Super Bowl and less tries. And I do think, because here's the thing, I'm very big on Super Bowls. I've gotten fucked a few times on, like, the less luck aspect. I've talked about it before. You score the lowest, you have a good team, you score the lowest points going into the Super Bowl, lose, score the highest. So I I do understand that, but you would like to think that if you have 15 tries, you would be good enough to put one team together that would win a Super Bowl. And I think that's fair. So my argument with P. Mills, I mean, I think he's still trash, personally. Um, and now I'd rather be Ross. I Is he a better manager than Ross? I mean... I think they're even because Ross has the Super Bowl. I'm never going to say P. Mills is better. Um, I will. By the way, I will say that. You'll say P. Mills is better. So who would be... He's uh, a better manager. Like, on, on a year-to-year on a -year basis, like, I'm looking at P. Mills' team more. Now, just Ross, because P. Mills has gotten a bit unlucky, as he states this year. We were watching games. He was given some crazy stats of... His running backs all get hurt in the first quarter. Ross has notoriously gotten people hurt. So is so his injury luck. But I do think you have to have the skill to be able to pick people up, turn it around. There are trade things. I mean, Ross literally has talked about last episode about how he just goes to chip. No wonder the guy fucking stinks. Uh, he's just been getting, getting absolutely rolled on for years, which we just kind of got inside to it. Um but I do think injury luck has, but is, does injury luck, are you having that bad of luck every single year? Or yeah, I mean, there's, 
there's a difference between like you know a, a like a, a weird or like a fluke injury that's like somebody who doesn't have an injury like an injury pass just something happens to him versus like picking up McCaffrey and getting fucked every single year. Um, yeah, that's true. So, so out of the um, out of the suck asses, which we should probably talk about this later, but out of the dudes who just totally freaking stink, who's all in that group? We got P Mills, we got Drew. We got Brody, and we got Vince. Vince isn't winning a Super Bowl this year. So out of the dudes who just absolutely stink, who's who will be the next one, if ever? I mean, I have faith in none of them. But who will be the next one to get a ring if it was out of those three? I mean, like you, I mean, you like said it before, but like Brody's team is an absolute wagon. He did this again by like getting last place last year going all in like it is what it is like he did have to do that in order to have the team that he has this year so if we're just going off statistics like he's definitely the most likely but i mean dude he's like i hate to compare him to his team but like at the end of the day like if the lions are gonna lion like is brody gonna brody you never really know and i think uh, I think you're right, and I think I look at Brody's lineup. They go off every week. Every week, I think they might be going off too early. Like I want, like not like in my like what I think. Travis Kelsey scored what on Monday Night Football in a game that didn't matter for Brody. He scored what was it three or four touchdowns last night? I think four, right? Four, yeah. Four scores thirty five points. Najee hasn't even. I think Najee has one touchdown on the year. If Najee ever scores again, I mean, we all know how I feel about the Steelers at this point, the offensive coordinator. If Najee has a three touchdown game, please let it be in the playoffs. Like, I don't right. want him to waste those games early in the year. I'm winning games, like throwing up big scores, winning games. Maybe it's not my high score. I hope my highest scores come in the playoff. I hope everyone goes lunatic. Which, so, like, by just, the way, that could easily happen. Like, if the Steelers continue on that track and become like the worst team in football. And they're playing some people down the end who have, you know, their division secured or whatever. Like, you never know. He could go off. Like, you can throw up a lot of points. But when you're throwing up lunatic points, like, the right. team's not going to stay that hot. I think there's a difference between, like, draft. I mean, but his team is really good. I'm not going to take anything away from it. But I guess I'm trying to say is, like, would Travis Kelsey could have his off game. When you get into the playoffs, these guys could have their off game. So right. I hope my guys have the hot games, not on Monday Night Football in week five when I've already won the game. Sure. But at the same time, like, if you're, you know, if if you, like, think Yahoo's fantasy projections are, like, reasonable and, like, he's projected in, like, the high 30s each and every week, like, that's just, that's a tough, that's a tough scene for whoever's playing him. So just, I think out. there's, like, three teams, three or four teams that are projected like pretty much high thirties every time before buys. Right. We'll get into the bye weeks. I think the bye weeks are going to have like a, a big impact on certain things. Not everybody. Big time. Um, but it's like drew. I'm pretty sure drew's projected pretty high. I'm always projected high. Brody's always projected high. And then I feel like there's one other person. Are you projected high? I feel like you're projected low and blow it the fuck out of the water every single week. That's been the case so far. For sure. So we'll see. I mean, but Brody does have a wagon. I think if if it's anybody's year, which I didn't realize Brody, we were talking about in the group chat, he actually had 
a good year in 2019. So he hasn't yeah, been necessarily... I, didn't know that. I literally didn't know that until today. Yeah, so I don't think... I feel like we may have gotten his head about how bad he sucked, and then he literally just started tanking week one before week one last year and was like, I need a Super Bowl. But it seemed like he actually has had some decent years. Yeah. I mean, people you people get tired of being the punching bag eventually, and, like, they'll go all out. But I agree. It's like... But that's that just goes to show, like... Again, you could you could have a great regular season, whatever. Like nobody remembers who won the regular season in 2019, obviously. So That's true. You got to win the ring. You do have to win the ring. You'll be able to talk if you win the ring. Like no one's actually like it'll be it would be nice to get the Venmo of like being the league champion or whatever, but like you said, no one's going to fucking remember that. I'd rather take the pride of winning the ring literally a billion out of a billion times. Right. But what do you think of Drew? You think he'll win, Brody? Um, I mean, if I'm just going based on stats, I'll probably go with Brody. Um, Drew obviously has overcame his like playoff win, so maybe that that's the start of something that's that's going on for him. His team's definitely really good, um, but between the people who who don't have it, I'm I'm gonna roll with Brody for now. I mean, he went all in this year for a reason. It's more likely to work out for him than than others. I'm going to make a bold prediction right now that literally none of the suck asses win again this year. You mean win a game? No, win. Oh, win the win the Super Bowl. Did I say win a game or win again? I mean, they will not win the Super Bowl this year. None of the suck asses will win a Super Bowl again and stay suck ass. Damn. And I'll stand by that. I'm going to put it out there right now. I think Brody's team's going <laughs> off. I think they'll slow down. Uh, and I just don't think it'll happen. So when when we get to the playoffs and like the, the suck asses are like making their way through the bracket, do you think people root for them or root against them? Like, do you think Dude, people want to see them win or do you think people root against them just to keep the hate going? Dude, I don't think anybody even thinks about it. Like, I think they're just like, they're not going to win. Uh, I don't even think it's like, I hope they lose or I hope they win. I think it's just like, oh, wow, I'm playing Drew. Fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like Brody's here. Holy shit. And then Preston, it's like, okay, Preston, see you later. And then Preston will start like complaining about an injury in the second quarter for like the 10th year in a row. Uh, so I really don't think it's either. Um, and I truly just think they are like a little irrelevant. What do you think? I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to say that Brody's irrelevant this year just with how good his team's been. But who won? Because uh, Brody, if he was in twenty eighteen, who actually won? Mason won last year. Because yeah, who Mason did Mason play? I remember there was a point last year where it was like I think Mason played Drew. Bro, it was yeah, it was Mason Drew. But then even like up like in conversation to go to the Super Bowl, Vince was in there. That's why yeah. I drafted Josh Allen, dude. I was like, if if Josh Allen can take fucking Vince to the game before the Super Bowl, I'm winning this bitch. Like I promise you. Like I'm like <laughs> no shot I don't win this. But I do remember thinking that. I remember it was like Drew Vince and then Mason who also got there by tanking. But that also like Mason got there by tanking. Brody has an absolute wagon by tanking. So do you think the league will turn into like just the guy who absolutely sells out, maybe kind of like with trades, like we start seeing higher higher draft picks getting traded. Do you think it'll become more of a thing to be like, 
fuck it, I don't care if I run the beer mile, I'll get last? Or do you think pride will kick in? Because I think the beer mile sucks, but I don't think it's so bad that you're like, there's zero chance I want this at all. Uh, so do you think pride will take over? Or do you think you'll see more people not caring about uh, getting last because they want the ring so bad? You know, that seems to be the... Um that seems to be kind of like the model at the moment. But, you know, there are some people such as myself who have overcame, you know, bad injuries, have played the waiver wire well. Some of us had Joe Mixon out for half the season and still played the waiver wire wire well and won the Super Bowl. And I have been able to show that you do not have to tank or get last place or even miss the playoffs to win a Super Bowl. It is possible. I've done it. I made it happen after 13 years. And I think that gives me more clout. I did not sell out to win a Super Bowl. I think that does give you more clout. And here's the thing. I'm already going to jump ahead of this because foresight. I didn't have many foresight moments of last week. Uh, was busy. Didn't have time to channel it in and look into it. But here, people are going to say, oh, shoot, you tanked. Shoot, you tanked. What do you think about the way I tanked where – didn't necessarily make the playoffs, made a ton of moves, still was on the brink of the playoffs. It wasn't like I was still fighting for a spot, um, but it wasn't like, here's everything. Right. Well, I mean, because I, mean, I think that's the advantage of having like the punishment is like it prevents people from like tanking, tanking, right? Where like people can still play it well, but like that, that is there and the punishments are there to like prevent that. And which, I mean, like obviously you don't want to get last place. So like, it, it was successful, I'm assuming, in like preventing you from like absolutely tanking and getting last place, um, which I think is and okay, especially if you're in it. Yeah, especially if you're I was still making big trades, but still competitive. I think the to answer your question about like, are people going, is pride going to kick in or is tanking going to prevail? I honestly think it kind of matters with what happens with Brody this year. If if Brody wins the, the Super Bowl this year and people see. Mason got last place in one. Brody got last place in one. It kind of sets a precedent for like, if you tank, then you can win. But if Brody doesn't win, and it sets that example of like, oh, he gave up everything, got last, got last place, ran the beer mile, and then it did like didn't work out for him. That is a huge deterrent to tanking. If like people can see that it doesn't necessarily guarantee you a championship, which I don't think it does. Um, so I think it'll kind of depend on what happens with Brody this year, honestly. I don't think it does either. And the crazy thing like with that is, dude, I was the first one in league history to give up a first round pick. And that's because I, that was the AKA BTE year, which raised hell throughout the entire league. It was the JT. And I said, fuck it. I'm winning a super bowl. I don't give a fuck at this point. Gave up a first round pick for Devonte Adams. And I was like, that was like, the league was like, whoa, dude, they're like, wow. Shoot. Like everyone lost their mind. Then I forget who I gave up a third for, but I also gave up a third. So I was out a first and a third, but I also had like a keeper in my third who I thought like it would all work out. I was like, this is going to be okay. I'm going to win a Super Bowl. I don't give a fuck. And I truly thought in my heart there is, and I'll stand by that I had the best put together lineup of all time. And I was like, there is absolutely no way I lose lost didn't even make it to the Super Bowl that year that was when I had like that was one of the years I had one of the lowest scores and then highest scores in the Super Bowl week and ever since then I'm even a little more hesitant I traded you which was a big thing in the league but I know Justin Jefferson's gonna be a keeper um gave you my fifth and even right now like if I were to trade a pick I'm still hesitant because that year which granted that's me personally but 
I have become, and I feel like you're a little less hesitant than most, or you're a little more hesitant than most people in the league to give up picks or some other people are willing to like throw it out. And like after that year, I'm like, I don't think I want to do that. So I'm wondering if it just takes more experience of doing that and losing totally or how that'll pan out. Yeah, it just like especially in the way that the league has been now, like it hasn't been that long since we've like gotten super complicated with like trading picks and stuff. So the more that that happens to people and people get burned or the more that people see people get burned, like it'll continue to evolve and like people will like try and hedge their bets more, I think. Yeah. Like last year, I think last year was the first time I ever traded a pick. What pick did you trade? I traded you the fifth round Probably pick. I a for fucking Warren. eighth. Oh yeah, you did give me a fifth. So I was, tr- I tried to go all in. I like, I didn't go all in, but like I, tr- I was, I was trying to go for it last year and I traded you, uh, or I, I traded or I, I wanted, I got Lamar Jackson from you. Yeah. For a fifth. For a fifth. Which the way people trade in our league today, which I think it's, I think we put way, way, way too much value on picks. Like, because the thing is, I'm the one who started all the bullshit of saying, here's a first round for Devonte Adams. And that kind of kicks it off of saying, I'm not going to trade him. You have to think like, if no one will trade you a first round pick or no one will trade you a fucking second round or third, like, and you aren't out of the playoffs, you're still going to give that guy up for a four. But like, we've created this like market of like first round picks or bust. Like you can't have an actual conversation with anyone in the league anymore. Like if it's a big name and say, I'm going to give you this, or they're just like first or second round or absolutely not. And it's like, dude, what? <laughs> like, I think that's crazy. Like I really do. Yeah, agreed. So I'm wondering, do you think that will ever ever flip? Uh, or do you think that's just kind of set in stone? Big names, first, second, third, maybe, for a big name. I think it's kind of set in stone. Like, there's just, I, there's people that I know for a fact who just, they have literally told me that they will never, ever trade a first-round pick, ever. So, and that, that that's just like a hard line that they've drawn. So I think, the value that we assign to those it's it's pretty firm for a lot of for a lot of the people in the league yeah i think our trading has gotten absolutely fucking nuts and i've <laughs> talked about it the last few times i think people are unbearable with trades in our league not everybody I think everybody to an extent but i think like i think i guess i wouldn't say unbearable i would say the only mindset with any trade is if it's a big name guy it's a second round pick it's a first round pick there's no like you can't understand like Bitch, I'll give you four players and they can each go into your lineup and they'll all equal more points and make your team better than this main guy. But like everybody has it in their head if it's a main guy, it's a second right. round. It's like, dude, well, it's no. like it's you always have to like overcome that initial reaction. Like, obviously, like people, I mean, I know that I do. Like, when I'm, I'm looking at trades, like I, I do think about what the league's going to think. Like, and I think a lot of other people do too. Um, and obviously, like, Every, the initial reaction is always an overreaction, whether it's one way or the other. Like, and I'm guilty of this too, right? I will like, so a trade will happen. I'll text like you or Preston to be like, hey, what the fuck is this person doing? Um, but it, it always kind of bears itself out and actually kind of makes its way more towards the median more often than not. And to that point, I mean, me, you and I have had probably this year one of the trades aside from the little brother trade before shit even hit off and it was that dumbass shit. But we've had like the actual trade that people like kind of were up in air, up in arms about. And they were like, oh, what, Sam? I thought it was a very good trade on both sides. I still do to this point. Um, and I think it's played out very well. So I do think people do overreact 
What has Allen yeah. Robinson done for you, by the way? So, um, I think I do agree. I think people like their initial reactions have, you know, people have kind of came, like I said, came back towards the middle where they probably think it's more of a, it was a more fair trade than they initially thought. But Dakota um, came back the next day and was like, I thought about it and it's good. It's like, dude, you're in That's why. And Birdies, and Birdies kind of did the same thing. So I, the problem is, is that in the first couple of weeks, um, like Allen Robinson was actually outperforming Justin Jefferson, which was really great for me. Um, the problem is now Allen Robinson has basically became irrelevant. Non-existent. Um, if you scored a touchdown like, literally the first week you got, right. I traded you him, and I was like, he's going to score touchdowns. Scored a touchdown immediately. Justin Jefferson threw up yeah. five points. And like on a lot of like the blogs or like TikToks that I see, like people are like literally questioning whether or not they should drop Allen Robinson because of how bad it's been and how he's working in the offense and how many targets he's getting. So he's kind of become a wash. Um, I have still kept my like stat tracker of just like how that trade's been working out for me. So even though Justin Jefferson has been overperforming like it hasn't mattered in the matchups that i've had so like one of my things is like who Uh, scores more like one of my things is like who scores more points but like would justin jefferson have won me the game yeah and and so far it hasn't (laughs) really mattered really for really for either diamond deep come on well because when people try and talk shit to me at the end of the year i have to have some receipts bro yeah and (laughs) and it's easy like it's literally easy to just go and say oh, you made a bad trade, he scored 30 points. It's like, if that 30 points didn't fucking matter, and I have a first round and a fifth round, well, guess what? That 30 points didn't fucking matter. I didn't make a bad trade. Right, right. Like, I, I still have yet to lose a game because I have Allen Robinson and don't have Justin Jefferson. That's probably going to change before the end of the year, but five weeks into the season, that is not the case. And the crazy thing is, though, is I remember we were talking mad shit on you especially in the earlier pods. And the big question was you're taking a potential Super Bowl winning team. You're taking away one of your top guys literally early on the season. It's not even like trade deadline trade. Um, And now you just went to, but again, dude, you are not projected high even this week, which we can dive into that on next week's matchups. Like you're never projected high, but your team seems to absolutely explode. And what you're in? Th- are you your third place now? You drop from first to third from the whole standing rule, but you're a top uh, three team in the league. I'm, I'm I'm technically in fourth place because it goes to divisional winners. So oh yeah, 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 fourth. Technically, Dakota's in third place, but yes, I Dakota stinks, dude. <laughs> stinks. Right. This dude is a fraud. He is literally but the biggest fraud in the league. I am. I am one of four people who have a four and one record. So I am at the top of the league in record with three other people and you're up there in points totals i mean that's like everyone wants to argue aren't you literally right up there with total points yes 653 i mean brody is absolutely starting to take away and the crazy thing is is his bench goes off too right brody's at 746 dakota dude kyle is literally dakota's in third overall in the league with 568 points and Kyle's in sixth with six hundred fifty-three points. Yeah, the matchups not, almost. A, <laughs> yeah, the matchups have not been friendly to Kyle. Just absolutely insane. Then I'm up there with six sixty-three, Drew at six thirty-eight. So you're literally up there with all the top teams. So you have yeah. a good squad still. And I think that's like the biggest thing that I, I want to get across about my team this year is like that happened. People are like, "Oh, Sam's tank tanking," and it's like. 
I'm going to make the playoffs. I just am. Sorry about it. Like, you can say I'm tanking. I'm just fucking not. I have a good football team. Um, with or without Justin Jefferson, I have a good football team. And like we've kind of talked about in the in the group chat today, like, making the playoffs is, like, a big deal because after that point, you never know what's going to happen. So, really, like, I know, like, Super Bowls matter and stuff, but, like, you can't even really think about Soupy until you make the cut, basically. That is true. And because after that, the cut, there's no guarantees. Dude, and I almost learned, I actually learned that kind of like in last year when I did like barely miss the playoffs. And I was just like, fuck, dude. Like literally, if you just make the playoffs, anything can happen, which was, I think uh, Ross and I talked about it on last episode was, do you think like even take two teams away or does it make it more interesting? Do you need like, because making the playoffs, like, Drew Stat, bro, like, eight people who make the playoffs, like, you can make the playoffs with a six and seven record or whatever the fuck it is. Like, so, like, your consecutive years of playoffs, I think it is, can be impressive because you're the only one who's done it. I was right with him. But it's, like, should you make it six teams so it's a little more, like, okay, the top guys, that's who wins the Super Bowl, which I don't know what I think. I'd probably be cool with either because I do think it is, like, a – if you're a top team, you make it to the playoffs, anything can happen. But I also do love a good upset where it's like the eight seed can, and I think somebody said the eight seed is never won or the seven seed. So it would be cool to see that happen. And somebody who didn't think they necessarily had a chance, like come in and just yeah. slap somebody. I agree. I mean, and I don't, I don't really like the, I mean, there's going to be argument, like there's arguments to be made either way. I don't really like the idea of six and like having buys, but at the same time, I know that people can make an argument that like, having a buy is good because then it incentivizes people to place first and second in the league. Yeah. That way you get a buy first round, that kind of thing. So it's interesting. And but it that takes has, away that has, like, the aspect of, of like, if you are like a low, like if you are a one right. seed and that's the week that you have your shitty luck. But I also think that's fun. Yeah. And, but that has like a lot of bearing on a bunch of things, like including like missing the playoffs fines and stuff like that. So, and it makes it more hard to win a Super Bowl, Right. So I do think, uh, yeah, I just like hearing that perspective because at this point it is like, bro, if you don't make the fucking playoffs, like I like because I was with Drew. I think we were tied with the longest try. I might have been one right behind him. And then like I didn't make the playoffs and I thought about it and I was like, dude, you got to fucking stink <laughs> <laughs> to not make the like some of these people like actually are never good. You have to fucking stink. To not make playoffs. So sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, could it be fun if it was a little harder or. Maybe not, but let's move on to this past week, week five matchups. Coming in game one, we got Drew Weissong Country, Let's Ride, just absolutely pummeling JT once again, the winless JT, 128 to 84. Pitting out the palace, Sammy Boy takes down the fraudulent Dakota. Jeff's fattest employee, 192. Were you high score? High score. High score of 192 to 113. Dakota throws up a miserable score again. I think I looked at it. Almost every single one of Dakota's wins has come against somebody who scored under 100 points. Um, next up. Second highest, Ky- second highest score of the season, by the way. Was it? Because Kyle was what? With 210 or something? 212? 206, yeah. 206. Second highest score, I was 178 that week and lost to Kyle, which is a fucking shame. That's, that's a uh, But next up, we got Kyle. Kyle having a big bounce back week, 154 
uh, over Vinny, 95. Needed that bad. Vince is just kind of non-existent this, this year. He is setting himself up for next year from the start. Brody Killam talking all that shit in the group chat about being high score. We can all suck his ass or whatever he was saying. Did have second high score at 178 over Mason, who's in eighth with 100 points. This man doesn't break 100 often a lot either, I think, when I was looking at it. Next up, we got a big win for Chippy. I wanted to see Chip go down. Uh, Pretty much a pitiful performance again. He had a 111 uh, bottom half of scores. Got lucky. And he beat P Mills 92. So it was 111 to 92. I had to hear P Mills complain all weekend about his shitty players getting hurt. Um, but it all just makes sense because you're always shitty. And then what Rossi boy, big sexy said was game of the week. I told you it wouldn't matter. Uh, 11th place. Uh, I came in and beat him 129 to 107. And that was with T Higgins saying that he was going to play. And I didn't watch the game. He may have played three seconds, but literally scored zero points and did nothing. Week five, nothing crazy happened. Uh, Week five, there's no upsets, no Monday Night Reaper. was kind of a boring week in the grand scheme of things. I feel like there's always usually like a couple games that like get exciting. Um, Who are the biggest losers of week five? So I think... JT deserves the loser category each and every week. Each and every week he scores sub ninety. Each and every week he's winless. Like he just he just deserves to be in that in that category. Um, I have Dakota as a loser of the week. Um, people have been saying that he is fraudulent. People have been saying that him his matchup and my matchup are words like the fraud bowl. We're gonna find out who's real and who's not. Turns out I'm real. Turns out he's not. Um, I do think I do agree with a lot of people in the chat of just like this is probably the start of his team underperforming and kind of showing their true colors. So I have him as a loser. Um, and then I have uh, kind of an honorable mention, but um, Mason is kind of there too. Like I think people had him as a contender at the beginning of the year. I know he's had a little bit of bad luck, but his team's got to find a way to get off the mat. Um, because things are not going going well for him right now. Especially as like the reigning Super Bowl champ. And that literally goes to show that goes back to the argument of like last verse first. Like I also think it's like respectable if you're like you win the Super Bowl and then you bounce back and you stay consistent. Like I do think consistency consistency um does have something to do with it. Like you can't go from winning to stinking. Um, but Preston's very consistent and doesn't win anything. So, I mean, you never know. I agree with you completely. Um, I have Dakota as the biggest loser. I've been saying he's a fraud, not up there in points. So it's not like he's been catching bad art. He's just not good. He's not up there in points. Like I said before, I think every single game besides one that he's won, his opponent has scored under a hundred points. Somebody can fact check me. If it's not exactly that, it's really close. Um, JT saw his sorry ass again. He just has no hope. Um, it's weird to see. It's weird to see. It is weird. It is really weird. I love every second of it. Nobody trade JT. Let him rot at the bottom. Every single Somebody did though. Somebody did. I know. I was pissed. Um, just let this man, let him rot. (laughs) <laughs> just let him run the bot. Like, can we just not enjoy this shit? 
like one season, <laughs> just JT having no chance and running the beer mile. Like, I just don't understand. JT sends me fucking trades all the time, and I'm like, actually, I would rather die. I don't even care if it makes my team better. Um, JT, biggest loser. And then I have the only one that we didn't have the same is I do have P. Mills as the biggest loser. Um, I think him and... <laughs> no, but actually, I think P. Mills' chip was a huge game. Chip has been struggling. P. Mills was like on the brink. Like, was it the point where it was like, I'm either two and three? Like, you don't want a losing record. So I do think it was a big, big, like, win for P. Mills if he could have got it to kind of stay relevant. Now he's back with the, the, uh, Losing squad. Um, so I think it was a tough week for him. Biggest winners. Who we got? Uh, I've got myself. With high score of the week. People saying I'm tanking. I just flipped everybody the bird and told them to fuck off. I have a real team. People need to respect me. People should respect me. They're going to find out when we play each other. I have myself as number one winner of the week. Um, I think uh, Chip, just like being able to stay alive is a big deal. Um, so I've got, I've got him up there, even though he's got, doesn't have a winning record. Um, I still think that he's, you know, being able to win that game was a big deal. That was a big matchup. Um, and then I have Kyle, actually. He desperately needed a win. He's had some really bad matchup luck. He's up there in, in scoring. He really needed that win, so I have him up there. Um, obviously, there's some other high points this week, but they weren't matchups that we expected people to lose cr- in. So, like, Bro- like Brody had a really high score, but like, you sh- you should win. Yeah. Jay Shu, you sh- you should also win. So, those are. My and I do of the think uh, the crazy thing about Kyle because we were talking about points totals. Um, the crazy thing about Kyle is Kyle has one of the higher scores in the league. He's in sixth right now. He has a two and three record. He has one of the like higher scores in the league. And when he sent out that quarterback stat of his quarterbacks, like him and JT's quarterbacks have scored basically nothing. I forget exactly what the stat was, but when he like, if you even give Kyle a somewhat decent quarterback, get his points total up. Like he, he has a good team right now. If you're going by points total, like compared to the league. Um, So, I mean, if that dude can find a quarterback, who knows what can happen with his team for sure. For sure. I agree. So I did, uh, I actually don't think I had Kyle as the biggest winner. I had Chip for sure. I think he's skating by. I think Chip's back to Onions. It won't be long before he literally changes his team name back to Onions. Uh, He won with 111 points. That doesn't win you a lot of games. He hasn't been scoring high points. He's high up on uh, the total points, but as of recent, he hasn't been scoring a lot. Brody, dude has a wagon. As much as I want to hate on him. Team is Same. Absolutely. His, his team is so good. And the fucked up thing is, is I like, I think he traded a lot for his bench. And I do think this could hurt Brody in the long run. And I will stand by this because Brody every single week is my bench went off. My bench went off. His bench is fucking even going lunatic. Like his bench is scoring a lot of points. And I think come playoffs, like this dude might get in his head because he has so many players. I mean, he has Keenan Allen. Locking on the bench. Geno Smith is balling out. Like, all these guys are scoring 20, 25 points. 
what if playoff comes around, he gets in his head, and he's like, oh, this or that. You have, a, like, at that point, I have good options. I don't have that many options. This dude literally could get in his head easily, and then, like you said, are the lines going to lie in, and are Brody, is Brody going to Brody? Like, I think we could see a Brody's going to Brody scenario because he has so many options. It's possible. I mean, that's what happened in him and I's matchup where, like, his only loss of the season was when we played and he made, like, some decisions that ended up losing him the game where he totally could, yeah, he totally could have won. He totally could have won. So I do think that could bite him in the ass. I mean, I wouldn't even, I don't even think I'd want a team that stacked. Like, giving up picks to have my bench fucking have stars? That's that's kind of one thing that I thought, too, of just, like, I, you know, when, when I'm, like, looking at trades and stuff, I'll, like, go to his thing, and I'm like, dude, every single player on his roster is, like, over 80% rostered. And it's like, that you don't need that. Like, you just, you need a starting lineup. Depending need, on like, what you're giving up. Like, like, depending on, like, if you have that and you're not giving up, up much, like, good on you. But, like, and I'd have to look. I don't know what picks he's given up this year. I know he traded Mason for Swift and, like, all that. But, like, there is a point where it's, like, is, like, if you're giving up too much for that, is it even worth it? Because then you do get to the point where it's, like, you have too many options. So we'll see. I mean, I like I said, I don't think anybody from the suck ass group um, does anything. We'll see if Brody chokes, but right now this man has an absolute wagon. And to say I talk a lot of shit, but for me to say I'm not scared of this team, yeah, can't dude. do it. Not at this. Not point. at all. Like it's like, yeah, I got like I. He's in my division, which is even worse for me. Like I obviously got fairly lucky in the first thing. Like. He had the potential to beat me, so and I have to play him again, obviously. So it's like, like just knowing that I have to play him twice this year is like, fuck, dude. Yeah, that's brutal. So speaking of, I mean, shit can get interesting at this point. Right now, you draft everybody. You have the starting lineup you want unless your guys get hurt, a.k.a. Javante Williams, see you later, gone forever. Give him the Hunger Games sign. He's out. Didn't even give me the chance to stick up for him. Just at least give me the whole season to stick up for you and like prove me right or prove me wrong, but we'll never see. But my point being is we've all had pretty much the lineup we've wanted up to this point. Now, week six, bye weeks are kicking in. Things can start to get interesting. This is when certain wins that you think are going to be set in stone aren't necessarily set in stone depending on if you draft by if you care about bye weeks when you draft if you don't care about bye weeks when you draft people can get some easy wins during bye weeks with that being said week 6 who are the biggest bye weeks of the week who could be the biggest surprise who could get boned yep so we've got the lions the texans the raiders and the titans all on buys this week. Uh, looking at the matchups that we've got, um, I am playing against Ross. I have Devontae Adams on the Raiders. He is out for me this week. This is where the Justin Jefferson trade matters. I, Alan Robinson was on my bench last week. He is now in my starting lineup. He is projected for less than 10 points. Let's see how the fuck that works out. Ross is only missing his kicker. He'll obviously re- like lock and load that. So that is a disadvantage for me on this week's matchup. Could be a big deal for Ross. Uh, Chip has nobody out. He's playing JT, who has Jamal Williams out. 
Um, JT, go even further into the underworld, dude. That is your (laughs) only hope. You are in the depths of hell right now. And there's no way out. Yeah, he he is... I I need to look at, like, how the matchups are going to work out for him, but he has to hope that he can catch somebody who has that strategy where they don't really care about buys and might just eat a week. That's how he's getting a win this year. So we'll see how that goes. Brody has um, Josh Jacobs and Swift out on bye. Obviously, Swift wasn't going to be back until after the bye, but he's got Josh Jacobs out. Kyle has Goff, who obviously was miserable last week, and Renfro out. So both of those guys have significant losses on their their uh, rosters. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Obviously, Brody's a wagon, and Kyle has a good team, and he needs to get back up off the mat. That's probably the most like matchup-heavy people missing players this week. Um, Which one absolutely breaks my heart? What? I've had this motherfucker on my bench all year long, and I praised him when I drafted him, and I didn't give him the chance he deserved. Literally, I have Damian Pierce, who has scored 18, 25, and 20 in the last three weeks, and I said, and you never you know played what? him? You never played never him? Never played him. No foresight there. Even though I love him. I loved the draft pick, and I thought he was good, but I have to ride with my dog, Najee. And, I mean, I'm not going to bench Aaron Jones. He has good He has good weeks. He has bad weeks, and I'm saying, Najee, give it to me for the boys. Give me a tutty. Give me 100 yards and two tutties. Just do something, please. And yeah. I wrote it out, and I promise you, this was the first week where I wasn't going to put him in for Najee. But – I was going to put him in my lineup, and I was going to say, Damian Pierce, you're going to take me to the promised land. Let's ride. And he has a bye week, and he's not going to Correct. He he'll, come, he'll come back and fucking score seven points. Uh, but I was really excited about that, so I think that yeah. stinks. But I that's a big Mason, deal. So I'm not worried. Yeah, so that's you You have him out, um, and Mason is missing Monroe St. Brown um, for that matchup. Preston and Vincent. Preston has Carr and Cooks out. I don't know if he was playing Cooks, but Carr out is a big deal for him. Anytime you're missing your quarterback, that's a big deal. I don't know how many people have backup quarterbacks like stashed on their roster. So like that's always the very like that's the trickiest thing I think is like everybody has subs, not everybody has a backup quarterback, and so you have to figure out how you want to play your bench and who you're willing to get rid of to have a backup. God, so damn, Preston has Carr and Cooks, and Vincent has Rashad Penny out for the Seahawks. So. I mean, Vince that's going to be an interesting matchup. Point. And then lastly, Dakota versus Drew. Dakota has um, Henry and Hawkinson out, um, and Drew has Waller missing. So there's, I mean, it's it's impacting pretty much every single matchup this week. Um, and this is going to be where things get dicey, and um, some some wins that should have been wins become losses, and vice versa. Dude, how is Mason just trash? <laughs> what is his record right now? I just looked at his team. How's this? He's two and three. He's two and three. Bruh, I think Mason could turn it around. Mason, trade He's... me a running back if you don't. No, Mason needs a running back. What are you talking about? Well, said... Kamara, Kamara performed for him this week. Yeah, this um, week, which is a bummer because there's a fucking he didn't touchdown win. every week though. Right. Right. Mason, if you're listening to this, trade me Chubb. Send me offers. I'm open. I'll let the league. I'll give the league insight to this one. Mason, come give me Chubb. Um, so yeah, the bye weeks will be interesting. Do you think? Uh, I mean, this is when it comes down. I would be more 
conscious of bye weeks if I was one of the Beer Mile boys, which who are in the Beer Mile boys to this point? Uh, we got number 12. We got JT. We got 11. We got Big Sexy. And God damn, Vince is in 10. But Vince at least has two wins. Vince has two wins. Vince. <laughs> I thought Vince was non-existent because he made some wild trade in the beginning. I haven't even thought about Vince. Vince is two and three right now. Vince is two and three right now. Same record as Preston, which is that's a big matchup this coming week. Touch. I know we'll get into you, but the battle of the Let's, two and threes. They play each other. They do. Vinny boy, come on! I hope he whips <laughs> Preston's ass. No way. So yeah, man. so Vince is so basically the beer mile boys right now. Vince is, has two wins that puts him quite a bit of ways ahead of JT at this point, especially with JT's like. With bye weeks coming up, I mean, his team stinks. He never throws up 100 points. So JT is like the clear leader. Um, but then we got Ross. We got Ross, too. But the Beer Mile boys are the ones who should be thinking about bye weeks because that's when somebody can sneak in a win. For sure. For sure. Yeah, and I, that, like, I think, I mean, I don't know if we want to jump ahead to next week's matchups, but that Vincent-Preston matchup is definitely the most important one to me because, one, because they're, you know, kind of battling to – you know, avoid the last place if JT has a resurgence, which he probably won't kind of like try and see if they can sneak into the playoffs. It's also the matchup that has like the most by, um, by week, uh, absences with Preston, not having his quarterback, Derek Carr, which I just checked his lineup. He does not have a a backup quarterback. So like, he's going to have to figure out who he's going to drop in exchange for one of those. And like, Lord knows who he's going to pick up. Like, who the fuck do you even pick up at this point? Like who, I'm about to look at this to see which quarterbacks are available because it's got to be it's going to be like fucking Teddy Bridgewater like whoever Taysom Hill oh Gino dude Carson Gino Gino balling though 21 he, he six, did 20, recently 22 35 if you're listening to this who needs to pick up a QB Preston does I'm putting a claim in right now I will let it be known right now <laughs> that I'm putting a claim in for Gino Smith and I'm betting thirty. $2. I will put $32 on Geno Smith so Preston can't get him. So the the most the best quarterbacks available for this week is Geno Smith at 22, projected for 22, Carson Wentz at 20, and Famous Jameis at 20. He Bro, might does be Preston back. actually need a quarterback? I don't yeah, Preston Preston's quarterback is on by and he does not have one on his bench. Who's he going to pick up? Fucking Tua, whose brain is leaking out of his ear. I'm literally no. That's what I'm saying. Head. If you're if you're looking at just this week for utilitarian purposes, the the quarterbacks with the best projections are Geno, Carson, and Jameis. Oh my god, dude! Do you know how funny this is going to be when I literally drop? I'm putting this on the pod right now. Who can I drop? The thing is, I don't want to drop anyone on my team. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's not like. I don't have to make that decision yet, but like I will when it's when it's my turn. No, I'm saying Tom this Brady week, to be I literally want to make a move to fuck Preston because I know he's going. If you look at all the stats of those, he's gonna go for Gino. And you think I he's wanna, gonna go for Gino. Dude, I'll put it. Who else is he gonna go for? Dude, Gino has had thirty and thirty-five the last two. That's weeks. what I'm saying, bro. So I will literally put in fifty fucking five dollars right now, so Preston doesn't get him, and he won't hear this till after. So then, <laughs> once he doesn't get him and he's on my lineup, he'll literally hear how it all transpired. But I just don't want to drop anybody. Fuck. 
Who do I drop? Gibson? Uh, Kyle needs a quarterback too because Kyle. Actually, no, dude. Kyle might outbid him because Kyle has, um, Kyle has Goff, and Goff's on by. Dude, so a bunch of people need a quarterback, and I could literally. Yeah, let me see if let me see if um let me see if Kyle has a backup though. Goff can't be his. Oh, dude. Yeah, so Kyle Kyle has has an empty right now. So Kyle also needs a quarterback. So Kyle and Preston. This is going to be really interesting when the pod comes out because we'll already know who won. But Kyle and Preston are going to be in a bidding war for quarterbacks for this week. Um, so it'll be Brandon interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see. Sucks. Watch this. I'm literally going to drop Ayuk, and I'm going to put like <laughs> fucking fifty five dollars on a quarterback, so one of these pricks can't get him. That's <laughs> dude. What, they're both going to be so mad, dude. Watch. How much do you think they'll bid? I hope this turns out. I hope this is a foresight moment. Who do you think? How much do you think they'll bid? Um. See, the thing is, is like I think I agree. I think everybody wants Geno. Like I think that would be most people's pick to replace their quarterback for this week. Um. The problem is, is like if they don't get him, they're just gonna pick up Jameis or Carson or dude. But he's actually whoever. been going ham. Right. Yeah, he, and he it would just be funny, dude. This is a moment that I don't give a fuck what happens. He scored <laughs> 35 and 30, and they need a quarterback. Watch him score, like, fucking 45. And Kyle need a quarterback, and he ends up having to pick up Tua, who can't even, he's bleeding out of his ear still, because nobody's <laughs> left. Dude, this is so unnecessary, <laughs> and people are going to be very mad about this. How much do I put on him, though? 55? How much money do you have left? 173. Oh, jeez. How much do you have? That's what I'm saying, dude. You hated on my one pickup of Latavius Murphy when he could literally have a good year. I only said it was a we waste a because nobody else, bid, nobody else bid on him. That's why. Yeah, that's very fair. But, I mean, to me, it was like I haven't spent a dollar. Um, maybe I'll put in... They're not... Actually, I'm not going to do 55 because they're probably not going to think that they need a lot. So, I'm going to put in like 16. Right. So, like, they're only outbidding each other, really. Yeah, and how much do you think? What would a quarterback? That's assuming that they both you? want Geno. That's both assuming they want the same player. Bro, he scored thirty-five and thirty. The next guy in line is Tua. <laughs> no, the next guy in line is Wentz or Jameis. God, Wentz, what a great pick! <laughs> Every time he's been picked up and dropped so many times, dude. Fuck it, dude. I'm putting seventeen for Geno. Actually, I can't because the thing is, is I don't have any other receivers, and I need Ayuk for a bye week next year, even though he fucking stinks. I know that's the problem is like when you like, yeah, when you get up to whenever your quarterback is, has a buy, right? Like you're going to have to drop somebody, which sucks, bro. I have a bye week against JT week eight where I'm literally not going to start probably three players and still beat his ass. Yeah. So th- that's the other thing that's interesting about buys is like, not only are you missing people for the matchup that you have, but like you then have to drop a player from your roster. Dude, I might not start a quarterback, quarterback against JT. I actually might not even <laughs> start a quarterback. And then that'll give JT a win. No, here's the fucked up thing, because I don't want to drop anybody. Don't even want to drop my kicker or my defense. So I like JT may play me with a fucking no quarterback. He gets a win and then because I don't want to drop anybody, and then that makes right, the beer just drop your kicker. Fuck no. He scores me 10, 12, 14. Like, I'm yeah, not dropping you, that. You'd rather play with a quarterback than with a kicker or drop your defense. Bro, that win else. doesn't matter to me. Fuck no. <laughs> I'm not dropping that kicker. Dude, people are going to listen to this and be very upset about the decision-making that you Suck my right ass now. to death. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you all know I don't give a fuck about you. I'm about to pick up Geno Smith so Kyle or Preston can't. Oh, um, man. So here we are. I got to get the fuck out of here. I got a Red Rock show. 
Week five matchups. Who's the matchups of the week? Um, like I said, I think that Vincent and Preston is like huge, huge for next week. Like that has just a lot of bearing on like what's going to happen. Um, I think that Wysong and uh, Dakota is an interesting matchup. Um, Dakota right now is projected for less than 100 points. Um, he does have Derrick Henry on by, and he has his tight end on by. Um, so he'll recoup that, but like that's a big deal if he can figure out how to get up off the mat after me fucking blowing him out this week, um, or if he's just going to continue on a downward spiral. Um, yeah, and then JT plays uh, Chip. It'll be interesting to see if JT can get a win. He won't, obviously, but he's got JT Jamal couldn't even get a now. win on JT. Literally, couldn't get a win on a week that he scored 150 points, and then he's thrown up under like 90 every single other week. I think the only matchup of this week that interests me, Dakota, third place Dakota. He probably has guys on by. I don't even care about diving into who's in his lineup right now. About to get his ass whipped by Drew. JT, Chip fucking stinks to onions. About to get his <laughs> ass whipped by Chip. Biggest one is Vinny Boy. Vinny Boy. Vincent Preston is want, huge. It's so I big, want, dude. So big. And I want Vinny to pull this one out so bad, dude. Little brother. I don't root for them often. I would love to yeah. see Preston go down this week and be in the Beer Mile Boys. Um, you're going to whip Ross's ass. But that's uh, that could also be just a matchup, just because my namesake is in his team name. So we'll see. Yeah, that would be. We'll see. Um, <laughs> and then we have Brody. Brody's gonna actually. I think I will lie. I think this could be a matchup. That could be. Week. Yeah, I agree. This could be because Kyle's be point. Match. Kyle's team can throw some shit up. So we'll see. And Brody, Dude. I mean, he throws it up too. But Kyle, like, what if that is the upset of the week? Honestly, this is so right now. I'm looking at the matchup. Brody's projected for 137, which again, he's always projected so high. Kyle's projected at 116, but that's without a quarterback. So again, he's going to be picking up a quarterback. That could be a very close matchup, and that which would be a very big deal for Kyle. Kyle, could. I'm not picking up Geno Smith. I hope you get Geno Smith. I hope you grab him, <laughs> get that fucking dub. I hope he throws 30 up for you. Knock Brody yep. off his fucking high horse. I think he does have a wagon, um, but knock him off that shit. Yeah, and I'm not so those two matchups. Yeah, those I was two, actually those really considering Kyle and Brody, think, and then Vincent Preston are the two matchups of the week to me, dude. And then I'm playing fucking Mason, and I don't even know my record against Mason. But Mason is one of the people who doesn't really talk shit to me, but he's always like huh, every blind squirrel. He has like three lines that he says in the group chat, and I can just <laughs> picture this week being a fucking like 97 point week for me. And, like, Mason just being able to talk after I've talked about his shitty-ass team. Um, but I also, I also do like Mason's team. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I can't believe that he stinks so bad. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it should be an interesting of, week. Last thing we have to go over, we have the bets. We didn't get to talk about the bets that were placed, and we won't be able to last week, and we, weren't be, we won't be able to talk about the bets that are placed for next week because we suck with the organization. Uh, so we can only talk about the results. Drew, with the biggest odds of the entire weekend at negative 400, started us, started us Huge off with L. a massive L. We God, didn't even dude. get a chance to have fun because Drewy takes the Packers money line at negative 400, and we got our ass whipped. Um, it's fucking so 10 o'clock actually, in the morning, and we always already lost the bet. 
10 a.m. Literally didn't even have a chance. Me and Preston <laughs> were raging the entire night be- before, and we woke up, missed the London game. We, like, had plans to wake up for the London game, missed the London game, and wake up, and Preston's like, well, we're mushed already. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't even had a chance to fucking think about the game. Uh, so Drury really fucked us there, mushed with, I mean, the best odds in the whole thing. Next, P. Mills, Vikings money line, hit at negative 360. Kept us alive. I'm pretty sure P. Mills has a pretty good um, betting record in the league right yeah, now. Yeah, he's 3-1. and one. He's 3-1. and one. P. Mills, 3-1. and one. Jay Shu, myself, comes up next. You gave me shit. I took Bill's money line, which hit easy, and you pissed me off. You were talking shit. I thought we were trying to win. I come in with just a nice little mushroom stamp right on your cheek and said, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not taking that. I'll ride with my boys. Went King Kenny over on passing yards. I think it was 202.5. And this man absolutely came in, crushed, threw for 300-plus yards. Pretty good. That one hit. Uh, Mason came up. Loved the the tip of the cap to the boys. Steelers plus 14. Didn't have an absolute chance. Sammy Boy, staying alive. Undefeated. Titans money line. You're the only undefeated one in the entire league. You've picked right every single time. So, fuck yeah to that. Let's win some money. Dude, betting um, against Carson Wentz is a great strategy. Took Titans money line. Hit that. Uh, Chip, finally. Saints money line. This was his first win of the entire year because all he does is take something Saints and it always loses. Uh, <laughs> so, finally. Or he might have actually won, too. Do you have it? No. Okay, no. Yeah, he's, that, that was his first win. That was first win for Chippy Boy. Patriots money line from Brody. Brody doesn't even like betting. Respect the picks. Get us wins, big dog. Vince Brown's money line plus one hundred loss. Um, respect the pick. Took a loss. I would never bet on the Browns in my entire life. No. JT again. Nick Chubb Tutty. Uh, that one he picks it literally every single week. Uh, Ross took the over on Philly Arizona, and that lost. Kyle Ravens money line one and he's then, on a nice little streak three in a row. Kyle, Kyle is yeah. He lost the Hell first yeah. week and he's on a three. He's on a three win streak. Boys, let's get this shit together. There's a few people in this bitch who need to get it the fuck together so we can win. Uh, and then we got Dakota Mahomes over two seventy three point five and that one. Uh, the boys lost. We lose again. Hopefully one day we'll hit. Chip will do something bullshit with the Saints this week. We'll lose again. Uh, Dakota will go Nick Chubb touchdown, and that will be very hit or miss. But yep. sorry to cut this bitch short, but I got a Red Rock show to go to. Sammy Rock boy. on. For all the people in the league. For all the haters out there who think you're not shit this year. What's the closing message? What do we got to say? And does Preston suck? <laughs> Preston doesn't suck, but he still has to prove himself. Uh, and my message on my team for the league, hitting out the palace, which, man, who knew like what an Antonio Brown-named team would change into, given what's happened this freaking this freaking season. Like I said, he, posts, he, is, he showed his dick to people in public. He posted um, a team name with the R word in it over the weekend. He's tweeting at Giselle. This Tom man Brady, is, dude. Yeah, this man Run is a absolute CTE specimen. Um, but, but you're taking the savagery. 
the pit and not the palaces are for real. You're going to find out when you play my ass. I'm going to make the playoffs. I'm going to be a contender. We'll shut up the haters. Fraud is not a label that will be on this team's name at the end of the season. Proud to be on the pod. Happy to be on the pod. I think stuff like this makes the league better. People investing time and energy into the league makes the league better. That's why I love this league. That's why I love you guys. And I got one message for all of you out there. Don't ever try and come on this podcast and talk shit if you don't have a ring. Some of you guys are in a group, the Little Brothers. We just created a new one, the Suck Asses. Some of you are in both. <laughs> Tune, in next- Tune in next time to the Peanut Butter League. I love you all. Have a good night.